gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, welcome back to another edition of The Ryan Show FM with your host, Ryan Vernell. Thanks for joining me. In just a few moments, I'm going to be joined by Milo the Cat, a.k.a. Adam Schleichhorn, who is one of the great creators on the internet. He makes those awesome videos of our favorite cartoons, rapping the lyrics of our favorite rappers. So he really hits the nostalgia angle right on the head. And to me, cartooning and internet viral videos are a great part of American culture. So we're going to dive into it with Adam, who's been here before. Milo the Cat is where he can be found on Instagram. Shortly after that, I'm going to be joined by Snipe Life and co-host of this radio show, Hamptons Dave, is going to be making a later appearance. Snipe Life, you may remember him from his time that he spent with D-Block. Well, he's now with my pal, infamous Amadeus, and he's got a lot of great stories to tell. Plus, his brand new mixtape, Ingenuity 2, is on the way. So less of me, more of them. We've got a whole lot to discuss here tonight. Stay locked in as we bring you music by DJ Honky Wonky. And don't forget, as always, this program is brought to you by Uber Zombie. Some of the greatest clothes on earth. Go buy them directly at UberZombieInternational.com. Now, without further ado, strap in, lock down, and get ready for another edition of The Ryan Show FM. Uh, Let's go. Love is a gamble and I 
Everybody, we are back again for another edition of the Ryan Show FM, and a dear friend returns. That's right, a guy who I brought to Def Squad Studio way back in the day. And if anybody deserves to be in the presence of hip hop legends, it's the Milo the Cat, Adam Schleichhorn. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. You did, yeah. I'm surprised, but yeah, you did. Yo, thanks for having me on again, man. Thank you for bringing me to Def Squad Studios too. I, uh, you know, that that's one of those things. I actually, I ended up going back there again and uh, hung out with uh, Boogie uh, over there. And uh, he was a great dude, too. And, um, yeah, man, you know, growing up on Long Island, that was always, uh, <laughs> that, that, that meant a lot to me to be in that studio, for sure. I mean, you know, if anybody deserves to be there, like, once again, it was such a great time in my life working with Eric Sermon for that, I want to, maybe year, year and a half that we were over there working. Because you just, if you really appreciate hip hop, that's hip hop at its finest. Oh, the amount sure. of legends yeah. that are around there, and then especially like it's like a it's like a haven for Long Island hip hop. And to those that are just tuning in and have never heard Adam on this program before, he's one of the great content creators on YouTube. Often, I share stories of his work where he, where some of our favorite cartoons are rapping the words of some of our favorite rappers. You line it up absolutely perfectly. Oh, thanks, so, man. Just a true art to it, man. And we've all seen so many of our videos from your work with the Muppets. Man, you killed it with those Muppets. I mean, that was the first time yeah, I ever recognized yeah. it. I w- listen, if there were more Muppet footage, I would I would make more of those. But there's a, like a finite amount of that footage out there, you know. So you're not taking any of this new Muppet movie activity, only vintage uh, Muppet? Kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's always kind of been my approach. It, it's, you know, it, it's just the nostalgia aspect of it. Like, I'm not against doing newer stuff or whatever, but it was always just kind of like in that realm of uh, the time, like when I was a kid. Um for the visuals and then like for the music it was more like the time when i was like a teenager amazing and and you know a lot of people might not know that you're well versed beyond just these videos you just understand the art of going viral and a lot of people i feel see you on instagram but don't realize your presence on youtube and that you're just a funny dude you put out a lot of really hilarious clips oh thanks man wow this is a hell of an interview (laughs) no thank you i really (laughs) appreciate it i love the one second videos it's like you're kind of figuring out the science of algorithms all while entertaining people and hopefully lining the pockets. Cause if anyone deserves it, damn it. We all see these content creators raking it in. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not raking it in like that. I'm, I'm doing well in my career and stuff, but like, I'm not raking it in like those top dogs out there partially cause I'm an idiot. And I decided like my bit, my two biggest things are like, you're saying one second videos that are barely monetized. And then the other things are like, 
stuff with content that I don't own. Like, so like everyone call people call me a genius every day. And I'm like, I'm definitely no genius. You know, I'm just kind of like good at a couple things, but uh, listen, my first viral video though was um, 2007. And it was wow. totally different than any of this stuff that you know, like nowadays and stuff. And then like, there's other like little weird things in there that like, remember like, for example, that cheese slapping trend that was going around on TikTok, people like throwing cheese in people's faces. Um, yeah. If you go to like knowyourmeme.com and like trace it back to like where this video started, I was the first one to ever do that. So like, I've like, there's been like multiple, like little like weird things of like my early internet videos, like, 10, 15 years later, like turned into something, which is just wild to me. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, man, like, like I've kind of always been obsessed with like, how does this go viral? And like, what does the person on the other end need to make this go viral? So the cheese slapping videos, was that just an organic thought? You slap somebody with cheese. What's the story behind that? Yeah. I mean, like the story behind that was it was before YouTube existed. I was making like these wow. dumb DVDs to pass out to my friends and stuff. That was where I started with this. And I, there were all little segments and a couple of them. I, I was doing like spoof of like jackass type stuff. Cause uh, that was like huge back then. It was a big inspiration for me back then. Also it was like what got me into like, Oh wait, I can make these videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, all that stuff combined. So it was kind of just a take of a jackass type of bit. And, it's kind, uh, of a, it's you know. kind of addictive. Like once you first get something to go oh viral my God, yeah. and you see all those views and you understand the reach and just the culture that you're establishing on the internet, it's almost like Smeagol with the ring. You, oh, yeah. you feed for it. You feed for that viral video. Dude, wait, so wait, you're a Long Island guy, right? Like, uh, Oh, yeah, well, I'm you, a Hamptons guy. Yeah. Some would say it's, it's too far away. It's crazy. Yeah, we, we consider everything, everything past really, the Shinnecock. Yeah, and yeah. I know, dude, I want to be, but <laughs> no, in my no, defense, I was born in Lindenhurst. So I still right, got, yeah. I got that touch of Long Island. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. No, but do you remember a thing going around many years ago called fence plowing? Yes. Wait, fence plowing, is that where you run over fences with the yeah. car? So like, oh, hell I'm, yeah. it's a I'm, the, I'm the quote unquote creator of that too. You know what I mean? Like That's there's a, there's a wild, lot of like dude. weird stuff over the years that uh, <laughs> people might've seen them been like, wait, this is all like the same dude, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean like ever That's since great. like but way back then, I've been trying to get these videos in front of as many eyeballs as possible. That's some real white boy ish. Just running down <laughs> fences. We, we used yeah. to run down fences. We used to run down mailboxes. We used to call it mailbox hunting back mm. in the day, back in the uh, late two thousands. And uh, and then of course just egging houses, egging houses, like, all types of these like domestic pranks, which are going to serve as karma. I'm just waiting for kids every Halloween. I'm just posted up with a paintball gun, waiting <laughs> to snipe out the karma that's coming for me. Yeah, it's coming sooner than later. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. But yeah, that's wild. So creating all of that culture, like when you're thinking of these different things that you're doing, is there a thought behind it? How's it going to go viral? The mechanics of it, or is it just a natural thing that keeps happening at this point? Like that's two early, very different things there. The cheese yeah. slapping, the fence destroying, and the viral videos with our favorite rappers and cartoons, three completely different things. Yeah. I mean, and there's been other in between, like, I mean, the early days I wasn't thinking about going viral. I was just thinking about like creating cool stuff. And I think that's yeah. always been like most of it, like just create cool stuff, you know? Um, but then like, as time went on, like this Instagram thing, like was no accident. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. at the time I had like 
like 1500 followers on Instagram. And I just like decided like, this is where everyone is headed. This is where all the eyeballs are. Let me just go there. But before that, you know, I had like a hundred thousand on YouTube. I had like a hundred thousand on Facebook in terms of followers. I had viral videos on both like for years and years and years. So it's not like I was starting at zero, but when this Instagram thing happened, I I just like very strategically went in and was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. This is how I'm going to, do it and uh a lot of it just stemmed from like all these years of making these videos and like watching what happens like how how does something go viral you know what i mean like yeah. like it, it all starts with like me posting something and then you seeing it and being like this is so dope to me that i have to send it to my friend right now like that that's what that's exactly. what going viral is and i think like all these companies that contact me and they want like a shortcut and they want like, Hey, what's the secret? I'm like, there's no secret. Like you have to like make something dope every single day that is potentially shareable. And uh, man, like if it's not like no one's going to share it, like, like it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling me it's crazy. And what's great is, uh, is you're sharing, you know, a lot of people go viral for sharing negativity Mm. and people having these horrible days and fights and disputes. And you're just like creating content. Like what I see going the most far, at least optically to me, are those videos of taking our favorite rappers and placing their words over different cartoons. Is there a strategy behind picking the exact cartoon for each rapper? I know that yeah. uh, Mr. Cheeks was uh, was Rocky from Rocky yeah. and Bullwinkle. So like, where does the inspiration come from? Because yeah, it's it's every time it's like the perfect pick. Yeah, you know what, like, that's all, like, this was part of, like, this next step in, like, it took me so long to, like, get good at these videos, then it took me, like, so long to, like, get a little bit better, and then to make them faster, and then all that stuff, and then it was, like, the next step in the evolution of them was really just, like, to make everything make sense, you know, like, just to make, like, why, like, in the vast majority of them, there's somewhere I missed the mark, of course, but, like, in the vast majority of them, I think the viewer is going to them and seeing like, oh, this is why this character is for this song. And then like some that you might not get it. Like I could argue that maybe you're not that big a hip hop fan because some of them are a little bit more subtle, you know, like some of them, it's like, it's like hip hop fans know right away why that character was chosen, but other people might not get it by like the 22nd clip. And you know what? Um, It's fine though. Like, you know, as long as they still think it's cool, (laughs) you know what I mean? I think that's what it's all about. If, I, if my memory serves correct, you did pick Tony Stark for Ghostface Killer, right? Yeah, and that's like an easy one. You know what I an mean? An easy like, one, right? Yeah, like, some like, of them, it's like, okay, like, you know, th- he picked his own, you know, like he's been calling yeah. himself Tony Stark for years. So that's an easy one. And like, you know, there's certain little other ones that were just like very easy, like to kind of put together. But I think like the real breakthrough was, uh, I was just like sitting here one day, like trying to think of like these short little videos. And I was like, wait a minute, like, why have I never done, like, Inspector Gadget as Inspector Deck? Kind Such of a thing, good one. You know? And, like, that kind of, like, is what really started, uh, you know, uh, like, major change and, like, major, like, just me thinking along the lines, just totally different, you know? I'd say years before that, I was, like, when I was trying to go viral, I was, like, trying to pick songs that I was anticipating that these, like, internet nerds would know and then like i think like again like the evolution was more like no i'm just gonna pick like the songs that i i genuinely love and then like maybe my passion will come through on this video and sure enough it kind of worked 
Absolutely. And that's the authenticity, no matter what line of work that you're doing. I feel like authenticity is what sells. The of second course, that yeah. you tell someone's faking something or it's like a, whether it's a, a fake prank on somebody and they're just faking the funk, that's when it all dwindles down. And you've always you've cultivated a real fan base with people that like the type of music you do. Right. So it works. Yeah. And I remember you're throwing showcases back during COVID. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I would love to do again. But it's like one of these things like, God, if anyone wants to sponsor this, like, I just believe in my heart, it's such a great show. It needs a sponsor because it takes so much time. Um, yeah. And I, I cannot do that for free anymore. That was like really a COVID <laughs> thing. But yeah, for what Ryan's saying is like, I did like this whole indie show during COVID where I invited every artist that follows me, like no matter what type of art they were producing. So it wasn't just music. It was like a lot of cool like animation and like, you know, people doing physical drawings and like all sorts of different stuff, all sorts of different genres when it comes to music. Um, and it was just this like, cool show that I put together that never really got a lot of views, but I just, I've gone back and watched them recently and I, I know that it's a good show. And uh, it is dude. Yeah. It's a real like, good show. Yeah. It's fire, man. At one point there was like this big company that had interest in it, but then it was kind of like, uh, like seemed like they could have, like they figured out they could probably just do it on their own and then never happened, you know? So, uh, it, it was not an easy show to produce. So, like going through like hundreds of submissions, trying to like whittle them down to like the best like thirty second clips of each, and like put it all together. Um, a lot of people didn't get it right away, but like the people that stuck through it and watched it, I think genuinely appreciated it, and that's all that matters to me. You know, as yeah. much as I'd like it to be a hit, it's it's still it was still cool. It's an, it's another one of your cur curations, right? And if we like the other stuff you're doing, it makes sense to give it a shot. And watch, so everybody's got to go check that out. Before we go to a quick break, has there ever been a video that backfired in the sense that a rapper was tight about the cartoon that you picked? I don't know. Has any I mean, like rapper DM'd you and been like, yo, dog, like, I want to be Spider-Man? Honestly, no, but like, uh, I'm sure, uh, like, there, I missed the mark on one of them. You know, like, there's no way I'm perfect every time. But uh, I will say, just like you were saying before, like, I think, like, uh, all these rappers and producers and DJs that follow me, like, I think they could tell, like, I was genuinely a fan. Like, I wasn't trying to ride some sort of social media wave. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, that, that's why I only do specific songs from specific eras. Simple as that, you know? Is there a song or an artist from this day and age that you're tempted to make? Because I feel like there have been some modern There's been some, stuff, right yeah. Years. yeah. Like, you know, listen, I'm a big J. Cole fan, and yeah. Kendrick, and, like, you know, there, there's definitely, like, a bunch of good artists out there. I really just blame it on like, you know, where am I going to find that nowadays? Like, where is there? And that's part of like the, why the indie show was fun. Cause like I did like this top 20 countdown at the end. It's like, where do you go to find new music nowadays for someone who's like older, who isn't going to listen to like the pop stuff. And like, I, I don't know, like, it's just, it's harder to discover. I mean, I guess it's partially on me to try and like go out there and seek it, but easier said than done. It is. It truly is. And then we're not really, I guess, allowed. Whereas in like any fans, it seems like you get shot down if you try to have input. Like, yeah, hip hop is what it used to be, right? These artists, the quality is down. I mean, sometimes you turn on the radio and it's just, it's almost like a parody. Yeah. Well, it was like a parody of hip hop. I mean, of course it's changed. It's been like a long, long time and stuff, but uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing that it's like, I think we're looking at it like back in the day, we used to go to the radio and that would be the only place to find like the new stuff. And then that's how you would yeah. know. And then like all those people that worked at the radio stations back in the day, like shout out to like DJ Mr. C and like Funk Flex and people like that. Like they're the ones that like put the world onto these songs because of their taste and stuff. And true. I don't know. Like, I think like 
now that there's just like a million artists out there now, I think like it makes it tougher and tougher. And yeah. you know, all the money behind the scenes at these radio stations, I don't know the inner workings of that, but it seems very odd that every radio station plays like the same exact songs. You know what I mean? Like when there's a million artists out there, especially now. So that's well, it's, it's literally payola. It's literally like, I'll tell you just being does on radio. Does that still exist though? Oh, it absolutely does. Oh really? Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. they want, you know, don't want to admit it. Yeah. But sometimes you can just shout out and be like, oh, this is a sponsored segment. That's when it's very, that's when it's legal. Technically for payola to be legal, you just have to announce that it's some type of advertisement. And but now payola people might so not come used in the, to that. I bet that they're like, they don't even realize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're getting booked to DJ at a private party, there's just so many different ways that you can hit off DJs on hot nine, seven or power one Oh five or uh, wherever it is uh, out in LA. What's their big station out there? Um, what's it called uh you know the one that uh that kevy kev is on and um all those guys but yeah there's there's just ways around it there's ways to have influence over these gatekeepers essentially and i think that's what a lot of these artists always complain about but rule of thumb if it's good people will share it absolutely at the end of the day like look i still discover some new hip-hop that's great like griselda and all those guys are killing it there's still some great artists that are like newer and have bars and have some quality music it's just like you said, might not, it's not going to get that radio play and that mainstream attention yeah. that it and used to back in the day. Also, look, I mean, a lot of stuff is gamed with like these bots now and stuff like that too, like these Spotify plays yes. and like these artists that blow up on the internet. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, of course they have some fans, but you could almost tell that they don't, like all these aren't real people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember yeah, the early oh, days of YouTube, like people would try and like do stuff where, it like get you fake views and stuff like that. And like, I, I just have been screaming from the rooftops for years of like, don't do that. It's going to do nothing but like hurt your chances in the long run. I think. So not just because of the authenticity, not just the fans that sense that it's obviously fake and the movement behind it's fake, but what's the literal algorithm that gets affected by you buying fake views and fake followers on all these platforms? How they does know. it literally like, hurt? Like this, these damn algorithms are so much smarter than we are. Like they know, yeah. they know when you're trying to game the system and like there's some type of flag that goes off. There's some type of something that happens, but they also like, even if you do get past that, or e- even if like nothing necessarily happens, you're yeah. sending your video to these fake eyeballs. And then like those yeah. count as views. And then like the real eyeballs aren't getting these views and uh that the only way that you grow is by like real people seeing yourself like that is the only way little gem from milo the cat yeah everybody go to instagram follow milo the cat to see all of this great work or just go to youtube and what's the name of the youtube channel how to go viral if i remember it uh well i got one milo the cat is like the short videos and then is this how you go viral is more like my instagram style videos awesome which is just a little bit of uh of everything uh so adam slycorn is here this is the ryan show i'm ready to come back talk a little bit more about what he's got going on besides just these videos there was a lot happening behind the scenes i want to say 2020 we had him on in person over at death squad studios everybody stay tuned and don't go anywhere we will return Hello, world. We are back. Adam Schleichord, Ryan Vernell in studio for another edition of The Ryan Show. FM, if I in studio, obviously, I mean on the internet. I mean, what better place to be in this day and age? We can still see, we can still hear, and we can also be seen on Instagram at The Ryan Show, at Milo the Cat, and at Is This How You Go Viral? Just looking up across the boards. Lots of great content comes from the mind of Adam. Adam, 
at this point, you have ridden these waves. Last we spoke, you were in talks with Adult Swim, doing some work with them. Where has your work taken you? Oh, wow. Unexpected uh, yeah, that was a long places. time ago, I guess. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, so I worked, uh, I, I did like multiple, I think I did like four like different 10-week contracts with Adult Swim where I just essentially like made them my style videos using their content, which was amazing. Yeah. And it, like without those, like that's what leading up to that is then what made me start the Instagram page. So like without that gig, I probably like never would have. So I just like forced myself to produce so much stuff in such a little amount of time that it, it just made me so much better. And uh, I was able to then figure out like how I fit, fit in this Instagram schedule in my regular schedule every day. So um, big, big part of that. But then unfortunately I think like time Warner bought like the parent company or something like um, some sort of huge company bought that maybe AT&T, some sort of huge company bought the company that owned Adult Swim, a whole bunch of people got let go, and uh, this live stream that was actually really cool. Like they, they used to do like they're only on at night on TV, so during the day they had a live stream internet series show with all these like different shows. Like it was a whole network. Yeah. So I was making videos for that basically, um, and that awesome. no longer exists. But uh, which is okay. I mean, yo, that's just to be able to have that type of not even a resume builder, but just to know that you can actually hit those heights. Right through what you yeah. are doing and get to as uh, big a platform as you can possibly get. Are you a fan of some of these modern cartoons? Is there like a modern must-see cartoon as a connoisseur of cartooning? Um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of them are, are definitely good. I still think, uh, in terms of like writing and just comedy, like South Park's like still the best one to me. The best, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think like a lot of them are good. I still love Archer. Archer's in its last season. That's always been like a great Oh one. no. Is it coming to Archer's a great show? Yeah. Uh, that's another one. Like I go more for like the writing and stuff like that. That's a, it's just like a very well-written comedy, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've kind of fallen off like mix of me falling off. And then also, I don't know how many new animated shows are really out there right now that are, um, hits you know what i mean like i haven't really yeah. heard of anything recently we kind of without even realizing it now that you're saying this we kind of did grow up in the golden era of cartoon comedy oh yeah simpsons right? to me like the early seasons of the simpsons like the golden years as people call it uh nothing yeah. will ever beat that that's like the reason why i'm like you know got my toe dipped in comedy when i like create anything i create and stuff like that like i, I just uh that's gotta be still like the biggest thing to like inspire me especially like as a young kid for sure i can't believe that it turns out that i don't know if it was nostradamus that worked for the simpsons back in the day like i don't know how these guys keep predicting the future this i know i know it really is wild is it that it's just been on tv for so long that it's impossible not to hit the nail on the head yeah and then i think also it just goes back to the writing like those writers are just brilliant people that uh yeah. you know like have the foresight that will like be able to like you know make these jokes like that are a little bit like too realistic <laughs> you know what i mean like i mean it's a pretty incredible skill to have i would say yeah there's like a list of six simpsons predictions that uh that came true and it's just my mind-blowing Oh, yeah. I wish I had it here. But look at this, like right right here in front of me, actually. Uh first <laughs> thing that pops up. Might as well while we while we have it right here. Everything from malfunctioning voter machines, smartwatches, they predicted back in nineteen ninety five, 
serving horse meat, but let's be honest, people have been serving horse meat forever. Three-eyed fishes, that's becoming a modern staple of this country. Oh, right, A lot of it, yeah. just, just wild. Man. I didn't even realize that there's a baby a translator now. And, uh, oh, wow. really? Yeah. There's a baby translator now. Yo, I don't even know that. So, I know the episode, though, that you're talking about, but I don't know uh, the actual real-life one. Yeah. Remember Murder Hornets came in the country a few years back? Murder Hornets. The only thing I'm hoping doesn't come true at this point is aliens turning us into slaves, and we're right up that route, the uh, way things yeah. are going. I mean, yeah, you never know. I mean, with all this UFO talk out there, uh, who the hell knows what to believe at this point, you know? Jesus, just insane. So let's take it to actual Milo the cat. Milo the cat was a real cat. That yeah. you are. What's the story of? I didn't. The- own, I, I don't own. So my oh, friend no, it was the roommate's cat, right? Was it yeah, the roommate? No, it was like my close uh, friends. Actually, I, we actually never were even roommates. Uh, one of my close buddies. Um, uh, uh, several of my friends and I, early in our careers, like uh, we're all trying to help one of our other friends um, in his music endeavors, and like throughout that, we also kind of like he built this recording studio and we were like running a recording studio uh, back in the day, like back before everyone was able to record at home, like right before that, which is why it wasn't successful. Uh, but, and we had this like loft in Brooklyn that was kind of like the spot that like we would record all these local artists and stuff. And um, these guys would perform. And uh, one of my close friends that I grew up with was working there too. And he just got these two cats, Milo and Lulu and uh, brother and sister. And like, I don't know. I just started like filming them. And next thing you know, it was like, oh, like create a little funny cat video. And then it was like turn them into characters. And then it like morphed into uh, like a brand. And then like our persona. And then it like morphed into a brand ultimately. So like that's ultimately like where like the Milo comes from there. Is Milo the cat still surviving? He is. Yeah. He's a very old cat. Very old. uh, you know, we we don't film him or take pics of him anymore. We like to remember him like in the good old days and stuff. But uh, yeah, man, yeah, he he's uh, <laughs> he's out there. You know, that's great. What a way to honor him. That cat will live forever at right? this point. Yeah, the cat is timeless. Yeah, you've done a great and, thing for Milo. You know, my buddy who owns him actually uh, speaking of Long Island, he owns a great pizza place on Long Island. Let's get him a plug. plug. Katusko's yeah, pizza. pizza, Katusko's Pizza, Huntington Station. I'm not saying it just because he's one of my best friends. Like it's. No joke, like that. Like we worked together at a pizza place twenty years ago, back like you know when we were in college. And he used to always be like, "Oh, I'm going to start a place one day." And me and all of our other friends would be like, "Do it, man! Like, do it already! Like, what are you waiting for? Do it!" And then finally, literally twenty years later, he was just like, "I think I'm really going to do it." And he ended up opening up a place in like the same location six owners later from where we used to work. So like Huntington Station, wow. New York. Um, it, it's it's just worth the trip. Katusko's Pizza, it's the best spot around. I'm not just saying it. Like, uh, I'll, I'll put my Pizza. Katusko's. Took to Cusco's. I'm sorry. Katusko's. Katusko's. <laughs> yeah. So I say this right. Katusko's Pizza. In Huntington for the Station, fifth time. New York. Huntington Station. In Huntington yeah. Station. Yeah. That, has uh, Portnoy been there yet? No, no. But uh, I mean, listen, I like, I, I'm telling you, I feel like that dude would like it. I, I feel like he yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's just – I see him getting into fights with these pizza place owners now, but he's done a lot for small businesses. That is uh, – Oh, yeah, It's yeah, wild, it's, man. Yeah. 
I mean, listen, it's like a great, like they're doing really well, but of course, like that Portnoy endorsement would be dope, you know? Yeah, that's the play. That's like every pizza man's dream. If you have good pizza, if you got lousy pizza, it might not be the best. It might run you through the mud. Well, yeah, I, I still think like that would bring people in the door. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, even if, yeah, exactly. Like that dude that cursed them out recently, people are definitely going to that pizza place. Well, that's what they're saying up. about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Ridiculous. So, here we are now, 2023. You've got it all going on. What does the future hold for Milo the Cat and for all these great creations that you got coming up with? What's the next thing you're going to do that might go viral? Man, you know what? I've been messing around. I got these like really like high-end animated characters designed through uh, this animation studio, Cartoona, who I've been working with for a while. Um, I've only done like a couple little test videos that I, I threw up on Instagram. Like People liked them and stuff. Um, I need like to put in more time, more work with them and stuff, but I do think it's kind of like the next step in evolution, um, in some way, you know, like it's not there yet the way that they are now, it's not there yet, but like, there's something there that I think is like going to be like the next level thing that I, I start producing on a regular basis, hopefully. All right. Nice. So we got something to look forward to then. Yeah, man. Now, a closing question. What has been the greatest part of this journey through the world of the internet and amassing this following? What's the most least expected enjoyment that you've had? Something that you can reflect on and feel like, wow, I really am happy that I did all this. What would you say that is at this point? I mean, there's really been a bunch. It's really like all these artists that follow me and like some of them don't even interact some of them like they'll click follow and like you never see them again <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. some of them like you see them in the notifications and like you click on the likes and like they're in there on a daily basis or a weekly basis whatever it may be um that type of stuff that that's what did it for me you know what i mean like it, it was like one of these things like all those viral videos leading up to this didn't mean a thing compared to like seeing the actual artists be like yo this is great <laughs> and i'm like that that's just you know like every time that would happen it would just like motivate me to create like the next five videos and the next five and the next five and uh you know like i gotta thank them that you know without a doubt every day about that you know it, it yeah. started the first one ever was dj hurricane first one i ever saw on my page then like dj mr c came around dj mr c from what I've heard through the grapevine, not even from him, he introduced my page to like every DJ. And then like from there, it really wow. started spreading. And then, uh, you know, I used to always say like early days, it was always like Chic Looch, Tech from Smith and Wesson and uh, Paz from De La Soul. And like those three were like regulars, like as I was coming up, as I was growing and stuff like that. And that it, like is something I could never forget. Like that's something that just, it made me a better creator. And like, if you like my videos, it's like partially thanks to them for sure. Has there ever been a moment that you went to one of these guys and one of their shows and been like, yo, I'm Milo the cat. What's Early up? On, Good to meet you. You, know, you know, because like all this happened and then COVID hit. So then yeah. like, right as I was taking off COVID hit and like there were no shows for a year and a half. So right before that, um, I did go to like Smith and Wesson's record release show and tech was like walking through the crowd, million people are saying hello to him. And I just kind of like gave him a pound real quick. And I was like, yo, yo, I'm Milo the cat. And he like stopped for a second. He was like, Oh no way. Like, you know, like he, he was like, Oh, like, all right. You know? And like, that was about it. But, uh, you know, like there's been other times, like I've met like some of these other artists and stuff like one way or another, and they've been nothing but cool. And man, like, 
it just again like these are the cds i bought as a teenager <laughs> like literally yeah. so it, it just means so much to me what a journey yeah and one last closing question one video that we would uh recommend to the listeners of the show because we're going to lead off right now as we go to this break with that song is there one particular song that you say changed the game for you for us yeah. to pay homage to on this program tonight yeah so there's been several of those over the years but i do want to say i think it's got to be protect your neck with all the different cartoon characters you can find it easily on my youtube page it's also like it went viral on my Facebook page, which like helped my Facebook following. And then that was like the first one that really like, I remember it, like it was hitting like some of them, I released it in parts, they were hitting like a thousand likes. And back then I was like, I've never seen a thousand likes. This is incredible, this is incredible. Nowadays I'm like, if I'm under like 12,000 on a video, I'm like, oh, this video didn't do well. You know what I mean? Like it's just to put things in perspective, like how far it's come along that like, I remember when man getting a thousand likes was wild and like you know anyone who can get a thousand likes no matter how many followers you have you're doing it like you're like you're doing it and that's like all the more reason to keep it going if you start getting like any sort of numbers like that yeah that's right so some gems for all of us to take as we leave off with mr adam schleichhorn here tonight uh the first is that if you're uh if you're doing it make sure you're doing it authentically you don't or uh you know you don't want to be buying fake views Big followers, if you're doing it from the heart and it's shareable content, you might just go viral. So everybody go follow Adam on Instagram at MyLoveTheCat. And follow check out us. those old videos that we mentioned. I, I never even think about those, but fence plowing, you know, the cheese slapping yes. one. Like, you know, all, some of those old videos are all right. Like, some of Bring it right. back. Yeah. Bring fence plowing back. Let's <laughs> yeah. see it happen. Hashtag MyLoveTheCat next time you plow down a fence. <laughs> Hashtag The Ryan Show so we can see it and put it on our story. Adam, thank you so much, man. Always Yo, a good no, time thank you. With you. Seriously, I, I always appreciate coming on here. Anytime you, you want to have a combo, I'm always down. Oh, I'm sure we will. We got more to talk about. And uh, and nobody should go anywhere because we got more good stuff coming to us. Snipe Life, formerly of D-Block, is on the way. So everybody hold oh, tight. We got some Hell good yeah. music. Hell yeah, a classic. And, uh, and Protect Your Neck by Wu-Tang Clan coming right up. We will be back. Let's go. Smoking Joe Fraser, the hell raiser, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all uh, tick tock and keep ticking. Well, I get you flipping off the shit I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, co-ed, danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart. The vandal, too hot to handle your battle. You're saying goodbye like Devin Campbell. Rock neck, Inspector Dex on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild. Sit back, relax. Smile. Ray got it going on, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'ma get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb. Like man, so if you wanna try to flip, yo, flip on the next man. Cause I'll grab the clip and hit you with 16 shots and more. I got going to war with the melting pot. It's the method man for short, mister. Move it on your left, ah, and set it off, get it off, let it off like a gat. I wanna break food, cop me back. Small change, they putting chain in the game. I take game, the brain, and like bang, my fella live forever. Crossing over, like they don't know no better, but I do. True, can I get a soul? No respect due to the one six ooh, I mean oh. Yo, check out the phone like the Hudson on PCP when I'm dusting. 
because I'm hot like sauce. Cause grab my nut, get screwed. Ah, here comes my Shaolin style. True B A B B Y U to my crew with the. I'll be sticking pins in your head like a nurse. I'll attack any lack in this mat. Come fully packed with the fat bucket stack. Shame on you when you step through. Two bastards straight from the Brooklyn Zoo. And I'll be damned if I let any man come to my center. You enter the winter. Straight up and down that shit. That cam, you can't slam. Don't let me get fooled on the man. The old dirty and sticking ace on your knee. Rolling with the night of the creeps. Rolling with the stairs. Ain't saying gas. Wipe my style. I'll bite your mother. So book me. Not long is how long that this rhyme took me. Ejected styles from my lethal weapon. My pen that rocks from here to Oregon. Here's Morgan. Catch it like a psycho flashback. I love gats. Rat was a gun. You wouldn't bust back. I come with all types of shapes and sounds. And wherever I lounge is my stomping grounds. I give an order to my peeps across the water to go and snatch up props all around the border and get far like a shooting star. The shoe I all is never on the life. Apollo Escobar. Point blank as I kick the square bits. It's 10 o'clock, ho, where the f*** you see that? Feeling mad hostile, ran out postal, Going like Christ when I speak the gospel. Stole with the holy roll, then attack the globe with the buckets. Style the ruckus, 10 times 10 men committing mad sin. Turn the other cheek and I'll break your f*** chin. Slain boom bangs like African drums. Coming around the mountain when I come. Crazy flamboyant for the rapping treatment. My clan increased like black unemployment. Yeah, another one there. For these coke killer labels So ain't had to hit since I seen Aunt Mabel Be doing all the sin like Kane did Abel Now they money's getting stuck to the gum under the table That's what you get when you misuse what I invent Your empire falls and you lose every cent But trying to blow up a scrub Now that thought is just as right as a 20 watt light bulb Should've pumped it when I rocked it So stingy, they got short arms and deep pockets This goes on in some companies With majors that scared to death to pump these First of all, who's your A&R? A mountain climber who plays an electric guitar But he don't know the meaning When he's looking for a super tie rap That's cleaner than a boss soap And I'm the dirtiest thing in sight Matter of fact, bring out the girls And let's have a mud fight Hello world, welcome to part two Of tonight's episode of the Ryan Show FM We are back for another night of entertainment A study into American culture And the co-host Hamptons Dave has returned I'm back As we have, He's back He's smoking something over there, and it's probably legal. We hope it's legal, but who cares? Let's be honest. And we've got a guy that we've been listening to over the years many, many times here in the Hamptons. We try to play the most gangster of music, not just because we're from the Hamptons. We need to balance things out because it tends to be the most authentic. Punches are not pulled, and my man Snipe Life has been putting yep. out some bangers over yep. the years. We've heard him with D-Block over the years and now he's with one of our dear friends of the ryan show infamous amadeus and i get at him for this latest project and it is with great honor that i introduce you the people of this show to my man snipe life welcome to the ryan show thanks for having me gentlemen appreciate that appreciate the accolades you know we rock with the hamptons man you know we always had love and anytime we performed anywhere out close long island that whole area everyone always usually comes out Shows a super, super love. So hearing that from you guys, though, I appreciate that. 
Word up. I'm here, though. What's up, y'all? What's, What's up, up the whole Let's world go. out there? Welcome, yeah. man. Man, putting out some bangers. And you mentioned the, the connections and ties and happens. A little Ryan Show history here. Back in the day, 2017, our first really big celebrity show was with Styles P. We had a whole, before it was just a radio show, Snipe Life, it was a live production. And my oh, man, King Flo, was helping us out. King Flo of Street Oh, Meet. that's my guy. Shout out King, Love King Flo. Flo. That's my guy. He's yep. the man. And he he had some ties to Styles P. He was like, you know what? I can get a Styles P. We threw a crazy event in the Hamptons. And we, we, we put Styles P's veganism to the test and we had some of the greatest steaks and lobsters that were made and we had two sides we had hunters and vegans trying to convince us on the show to either to we went vegan for a week so styles p had no idea what he's in for he thought he was just coming out for a podcast we had people throwing steak in front of him he was like what the hell is going on here ended up killing it but just yeah it's all full circle here tonight and you, you, dude, you've been a part of so much great music and collaborations with D Block Styles P. Because yes, after all, you are from Yonkers, and you're literally yes, from well, the neighborhood, right? If I'm not mistaken, let's hey, yo, take it all the way back. Hey yo, so just to tap on what you said, right? I just, I just remembered, I, I was fake vegan for like a week because of Styles. <laughs> and um, the reason being, we had a sh so we had a show in Philly one night, actually, um. The number seven album that Styles and Talib Kweli put out, right? Mm. Um, it was a tour, so um, I hit a few dates um, with P. And this one date in particular, we was in Philly, so we sent uh, someone out to get the food while we backstage. Yeah. They made they messed the order. They were supposed to bring me a chicken um, cheesesteak and bring Styles a vegan Philly cheesesteak. Well, he came back with a whole bag of nothing, but vegan cheesesteaks and i didn't even know i was so high out my mind <laughs> i took the whole thing pause and didn't even know it until the end like oh yo snipe my fault that was vegan it was flavor though so i just ran with it for like the next four or five days yo i'm vegan i'm vegan <laughs> you know what i'm saying so shout out to p man influence that's one thing about about uh, my brother he always encouraged like even before the world, because you know he came from being a, a over overweight, um, unhealthy, out of shape. You know, growing up in the hood, eating whatever, and he just he practiced what he preached, and that's the most important part about it is because he lives it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, shout out! Yeah, to he was like one of the he was like one of the world. first rappers that really got on that. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's With the only juice bar? I know that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, and didn't do it just for a week. Let's be honest, we all tried. And fam, yeah, that's a fact. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard to be vegan because meat is so good. Pause. Pause. Oh, heavy on the extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, I, yo, you, yo, you know what's crazy for us from Yonkers? Like, we don't play the pause game. Yeah. But sometimes we do. We like sometimes play it. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we're sitting it's on the fence, man. Pause. I don't even want to say it. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Sit on the fence. Hey, yo. <laughs> Super fun. You know, another like, one is... Yeah, sometimes we play, sometimes we don't care. I don't know. <laughs> I got to be careful with my words tonight, Lev. I'm doing creative yeah. direction at a yeah, meat yeah, yeah. company. So I'm always saying, oh, the meat tastes good. I'm sitting on a ton of hey, meat. Yo. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> I'm like talking hey, to you. <laughs> and I'm on the phone having a serious business conversation. I'm like, pause. They're just like, what the... 
they, yeah, you on the phone with investors and and, and oh, oh, am I still there? Yeah, my fault. You on the phone with investors and all that talking about pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just uh, it, it just seeps right into the conversation, man. It's hard, right? But uh, yeah, being vegan, no, thank you. But being authentic, <laughs> very important. Let's take it all the way back. You grew up with Styles P. You grew up with Jada, with Sheik. Yes, sir. I mean, what was it actually like on D Block growing up? Let's take it back to Yonkers. Um, it's a good question, man, because you know, um, so many years later, um, we don't really talk about it as much. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, you know, first off, I'm I'm originally from Money Earning Mount Vernon. Recipes have recipes heavy D. Let me say that. Yep. Big influence in my city. I was a kid. I started writing my first rhymes at nine years old. Puba, I was right? listening to Puba from yes. Yeah. Say it again, brother. Grand Puba from and he from oh, Grand Puba's from New Rochelle, right next New Rochelle, door. All right. Yeah, they right next door though. So that's our yep. brothers, you know, that's our family. Um, shout out the whole new row. Um, but I my favorite rapper at that time, which the MC that made me want to be a rapper to be in the game was Big Daddy Kane. So all hell salute to Big Daddy yep. Kane. Um, I think it was like ain't no half stepping or something. And I was at like nine years old because I was in fourth grade. So I'll never forget. Uh, I wrote my first round. So long story short, fast forward. I'm 11 years old. I moved to the city of Yonkers. I moved to a neighborhood called Whitney Young, a.k.a. 354. Now, this is where. We, we're not even talking the locks. We're talking yeah. warlocks. So we talking wow. way before Puff, yeah. way before the shiny suits. Um, I was a kid that was able to be outside. All my peers, kids my age, couldn't stay out as late as me. They wasn't dope as me. So all the older drug dealers and the, the, the pushers and thieves, they would always, you know, call me, cheer me on, you know, entertainment purposes probably for them, you know. But um, that's how that's how I met them. That's I first the first person I met was Sheik. I rapped with Sheik for hours, um, days, weeks. Um, Styles occasionally, Kiss occasionally. I probably rapped with Sheik the most. I probably was Jay Hood way before Jay Hood. When I think about it, this is before the whole concept. No one even thought of D Block at this time. Yeah, but yeah. this was the role that we were playing, and I was just a shorty from my neighborhood. So, um, rest in peace to a grand champ from my city, DMX. DMX um, is from School Street in Yonkers, but he frequent Whitney Young, 354. He always was in Whitney Young. He always, like, every yeah. day he came through. So I, I met X doing the beat for him on the wall. After 25 minutes of him rapping, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I started, I proceeded to kick around. While still doing the beat, that gave me a, um, a relationship with X right there on the spot. Like, wow. he just felt that, like, dog, oh, you can do the beat, oh. Like we was lit and I was just a shorty. So, um, you know, uh, I was able to be exposed to seeing a lot of things. So I guess growing up for us, it was a premonition that we already knew that the locks were going to be legends, that DMX was going to be a legend. We knew this for years and it's just yeah. the world had to catch up. You know what I mean? So um, for me, it was just like, oh, obviously we were all excited, you know, but I wasn't. Like, it's like, I told you so. Like, we knew it was a to yeah. I told you so moment for us. You know what I'm saying? And they keep it so, they keep it so grounded. They didn't act like rappers. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't treat them like rappers. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Um, And, and that, that was just a, a standard of, of my particular neighborhood, a block, my block. 
And, um, you know, um, it, it was just so crazy that I could remember, like, for example, real quick, give y'all this. I could remember Sheik rapping his verse to me from the Benjamins way before <laughs> the Benjamins was ever created. Now, I will say that, obviously, he probably tailored it, you know, touched it up a little bit. But the basis of that verse, I already knew that. I already knew the verse because he kicked it to me on the block. Know what wow. I mean? So it was it was another testament to show you how uh, much ahead of the time they time they was. You know what I'm saying? That's wild. That, I had no idea. Listen was... to the locks now. I don't know if people realize, but the locks actually used to rap like the grave diggers. The locks used to rap about candles and demons and devils. We were in that era. We were in that era. This is early 90s, mid 90s. We were in that era. And they wrapped their ass off in that era, though, with that with wow. that topic. You know, yeah. know what I mean? So once they got with Diddy, as the story goes, he told them to take the war off. The war is over. That's what became the locks. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And that's when they changed their style. Like they, you know, they gravitated to the next level with the things that they was uh, involved with. Know what I was mean? that was that because of the influence that you guys had from guys like the Grave Diggers? Were you guys actually out there practicing the dark arts? I mean, yeah, we. I mean, Wu Tang came to my city in the early '90s. This is before yeah. the locks blew up. Um, Wu Tang was in my city. We met the Wu when um Into the Thirty Six Chambers was released. Um, man, DMX had an issue with them that night too. I ain't gonna lie, cause the crowd was saying Wu. <laughs> And DMX was like, man, you know, F a Wu Tang. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it was like, it was wow. crazy for, for a moment. Yeah, I was there front row, like, amazing. But um, yeah, we were definitely, I was definitely influenced. I would say my whole city was because that was the first time we seen them up close like that. There was 85 yeah. deep. Yeah. The front <laughs> row. And, and you know what's crazy for me, right? How I look back in hindsight with the universe. I knew I was destined to be a part of the game because of moments like this. So I'm at the Wu-Tang concert. They gave the concert in the gymnasium of my junior high school. Mind you, I told you I moved there. I'm 11, so 12 now, right? Yeah. Seventh grade, right? Um, Wu-Tang comes. I got my little baby cousin with me. Uh, if I'm 12, maybe he's nine, right? Ten, maybe. No, nah, yeah, I'll say nine. Eight or nine. Eight or nine. And um, he's light skin, real <clears throat> excuse me, real yellow light skin, afro, curly, great, good hair though, afro, big afro. We sitting in the front for some reason. They took a liking to him. In hindsight, as I look back now, maybe he reminded them of a young Shaheen, but we didn't know who Shaheen was at this time, obviously, because we just now getting accustomed to who the Wu was. Yeah. Um, they took my little cousin, they put him on stage. I try to follow him. They's like, nah, you good, you good, but stay right here in the front. They put me in the front. They gave me all these Wu Tang stickers. Um, Method Man wow. gave us a box of White House. Mind you, we 12, 13. <laughs> no, I had to be like, no, you know what? I had to be 14. Mind, pardon me. I had to be 14 because it was my first year of high school. So my nephew, um, my little cousin, again, he's like 10, 11. You know what I mean? They took him. He's on stage the whole show. At the end of the show, Inspector Deck was always a real one. Because I, I met Inspector Deck later and told him this story, and he remembered it. Wow. And and I told him the story in Long Island. We I booked a show for the Wu and the Locks together. Mm. I forget what venue was this. Mm. I forget what venue this was, but I booked a show for the Wu and the Locks, and they all came. And um, 
I remember Inspector Deck, he remembered the story that I told him, but he dropped Jews on me right then and there. Look out for your little cousin, yo, do, yo you're doing mm -hmm. some real real things and all that. Meth gave me a box of White House. How did he know if we smoked or not? We was young, but of course we did. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was so hood. I went to school the next day. All I had, We used to rock the Army jackets back in the day. So I had the, all the Wu-Tang stickers all on my army jacket. I was like a billboard for them. Like, you know what I mean? So I, that was my early experience exposure. You know what I mean? To it, That's knowing amazing. that I was going to be affiliated with them, knowing the locks was going to soon become legends, knowing DMX was soon. And it just came to fruition. You know what I'm saying? And but I, I was there. Do know I was there. You know what I'm saying? From the start. So many great movements. So I feel like back in the day, in order to really blow up and have that big a movement, there needed to be an entire uh, community. To support you, whether yeah, it's Lost right. Boys and all right. of Jamaica Queens, like you right, mentioned, right. Uh, Locks, DMX, Rough Riders. It was a whole neighborhood. Was there like a particular moment, even before Puff signed and brought everybody on, that you were like, wow, this is a full-on movement now. We're about to get out of here. Things are about to get crazy. I mean, it started with, I guess, when they started venturing out going ripping crews apart going to do they used to do this thing called uh forget Mar maria mixtape two wednesdays or tuesday it was a mixed show yeah and and they used to go tear everybody apart and when they went to harlem and they battled um children of the corn know what i'm saying mm. um with mason mcgruff and Know what I mean? And Cam and them, like, they did that years ago in front of Willie Burgers. Like, this is an old school uh, uh, hamburger joint, famous in Harlem. So everything wow. was like, it's like the Apollo Theater, but the food version. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And um, they was there, and they battled them, and they did their thing and got busy. And um, you couldn't really tell us nothing about X. See, X was different than the locks. Yeah. X, yeah. X came first. The locks got on first. But X mm. came first. X was the stamp. And X was the standard. Like, he was the bar. Um, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the, the locks were X's pups. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. And um, X, <clears throat> excuse me, X really, really lived it. He really was about that life. So everything that people were seeing when he came out in 98, we seen this in the early 90s. He did rob wow. people with his pit bull. You know, he might have had his, you know, his um addictions and demons and stuff that he was fighting. But me as a kid, my interaction with X was always, you going to be big, dog. Like, you that dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, wow. I love you just because I know you. You know what I'm saying? And you acknowledge me. He used to say on his mixtapes, make it in, my <laughs> Like, that. that's what they used to call me. Because I used wow. to rap effects back in the day. So. And then, you know, I went on missions with X. Like, I really went on juxes with X. So, like, it's crazy because I would tell people in, in the D-Block studio, right? You know, like some of our more current members as the years went on, you know, different chapters, people became a part of our journey. And I would always tell these stories. And, you know, they would tell me, yeah, it's not, uh, like, but, you know, like half-ass, like, always telling stuff. So one <laughs> night, just real quick, one night yeah. X came. X came to do his verse for um the song he got with the locks ain't about sh that joint yeah so he came in to do his verse that night and it was like when he came in the door it's like everybody stood up it was like a line and he's going coming through the line some dog nope some dog and when he gets to me he grabs me says, oh sh like he went crazy like, <laughs> yeah and for me as he's hugging me like choking me hugging me to death I'm looking at everybody like. 
yeah, now what? Y'all see, y'all yeah. see the connection. So yeah, I was I'll just say that to say from a kid, I was always proud of that. So we felt it, we felt it way early before we even it wasn't like one scenario that made us we all always yeah. knew it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Word. Just legends, man. It was just meant to be. On that note, we're gonna yeah. play some of your music. You have a new project coming out. We have yes, a sir. lot more to talk about, but we're first going to start by playing some Snipe Life Let's right here it. on this program. There's plenty of great new music, not just music of old that we grew up listening to. Let's get into it. Nobody go anywhere. Hamden's Dave, Ryan Vernell, Snipe Life in studio. This is the Ryan Show FM, and we will return. Don't go nowhere. And we are yeah, back. Yeah. Snipe Life is here what in up? studio. We're in on the Ryan Show what FM. Hamden's Dave is here as well, and myself, yeah. Ryan Vernell. And we're just getting into a little bit of sports. We did not realize... Until this break, how heavily invested and involved Snipe Life is in the world of sports. Not just does he have a podcast in which he's talking betting and gambling odds, which you should be listening to if you're trying to make some money, but he really has uh, that expert advice that we all seek. Guys, and Hamzam, I got to ask you right off the rip, man. How are you holding up? That was a tough loss. I mean, it's it's nice to see Zach Wilson back on yeah. his feet or on his feet for the first time, really. You know, that was the first time that in the entire history of Pat Mahomes' career that he's ever been out-quarterbacked in terms yep. of completion, touchdown-interception ratio, uh, QB rating. We're talking college, and we're talking NFL. I mean, what are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? Is, I mean, start- no, I mean, if you would I still, I don't know. He's got, he's got the talent. He's got the arm talent. You see it even when he has his bad games. He makes throws that other, you know, other quarterbacks can't make. But it's just in his brain, in his mind. So he he was getting killed all year. Like I, I can't believe he came back. I didn't think he had that that tough of skin to come back and play like he did last night. Like Joe Namath came out and told him, like pretty much said he's garbage and he shouldn't even be mm, in the league. Crazy. Shannon Sharp Shannon Sharp said it Zach Wilson couldn't even play dead in a horror film. <laughs> like, so he was getting killed everywhere. But he you know, he managed to get and he went down seventeen nothing. At that point I was ready to go. I was right. I was ready right. to call it. I was about to drive there. It's like one o'clock, two o'clock. I'm yeah. looking at the tickets. I'm thinking, all right, maybe I mean, let's go. You know, Zach. I, I think Zach Wilson got a lot of upside. You know, he's fearless. You know, he got he got the right traits. He just needs the execution under duress. He needs to remember that. I feel like he he needs to re re reacclimate himself with that running gun offense yeah. style of one two three throw. Like he holds yep. the ball too long, but um. One I think thing they opened I, the playbook up a little bit, though. Yeah, one thing I like, did. They, they like were actually the throwing the ball. That, um, like it was a, the, the the whole offense looked different. They weren't just yeah. Like that that Patriots game, right? Was the worst. It was like they just we're not going to let him throw the ball. He's going to run. We're going to run the ball, or we're going to throw right, these right, little right, right. dunks. But he was. I just like the presence of Aaron Rodgers yeah, being there, so knowing that he didn't have to be. I'm glad that he did. Um, going to locker room and um, yeah, just kind of gave that energy to him. So you know he got the right caliber of goat um in his Definitely. ear. Yeah. So hopefully, and we, I mean he did that. This could he be a waking Favre. up moment for him. You know he did that with Favre. You know he sat the bench for four years until they got rid of right. Favre. Right, right, so, right, yeah. right. And like, he, didn't the- he didn't give up on him either. He was one of the few. I mean, I guess he can. It would be a yeah. horrible look if you were to do it midseason. But you mentioned <laughs> all these other greats, historic mm-hmm. Jets. Uh, right. Bart Scott, I saw this roasting him too. So many people. But, you know, A-Rod really did have his back and came to his defense. And maybe it is kind of a mental thing when you have the right people that are on the sideline. 
Robert Taylor. Anything is a mental thing, bro. And once he accomplished that, the physical, the brain, the body of follow, you know what I mean? Because he already got that swag. Like, I didn't know he was like the way he was when I was hearing him on the sound bites. Like, like yeah. he talked reckless though. He'd be talking oh, crazy. Yeah. Like, yo, he's banging, he's banging him. people's like, moms. Like, he's, I know, he's like, he was like a Mormon or something like that. I kind of, I'm not gonna lie. I, I started messing with him a little more after I knew he banged his friend's mom. Yo, he's spicy. And like, stayed yeah. very confident about it. Didn't like shy away. Yo, yeah, he's hard. Yeah, he got that dog yeah. in him. That's what they, that's what they said. Now. He's got that dog in him. Nah, yeah, facts. So, what's it gonna take to believe in Zach Wilson? How many more performances like last night? Until you'll start laying bets on him, Snipe Live, and Ham Zave, you'll start actually believing in him as the Jets quarterback. We got to beat Denver next week. That's a huge game. We can't lose Denver. Then we yeah. got Philly. So Philly's going to be a tough one. Really, we mm. got to get to the bye. If we get to the bye, if we could somehow steal two, or maybe we could go three and three, yeah, but it's, it's going to be tough to beat yeah. Philly. Right, right. I mean, um, yeah, man, it's a lot of competition this year, man. I, I just like the way everything's panning out. I love the defense, though, side of things. Um, just um, the unit, the Jets always had a yeah. solid defensive unit, though. Yep. And it, it's like the offense got to catch up with the defense. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be all yeah. right. You know what I mean? But, you know, me as a betting man, man, I just love whoever going to cover the spread, though, at the end <laughs> yep. of the day. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Hey, yo, fun fact, right? So let me share this with y'all. So I know behind the scenes we was talking, right? So this is something you guys could also look up to fact check right yeah so so i was so much into the gamble thing right um you know that i actually became a bookie right and i dedicated a whole mixtape series to what i was really doing so you guys can really go online and you can find snipe life bookie bars and <laughs> bookie bars the cover of the tape is me with the machine printing tickets out like, come on, come on, <laughs> dog. Amazing. Like, um, it was hosted by the lock. I had the locks hosted. I had yeah. Big Mike. D shout out my bro, um, DJ Big Mike, another legend to us. Um, he hosted it, and we did like four series, four parts. You know what I mean? Wow. Four tapes, and we literally have skits and you know things that revolve around because I was really living this. I was really wow. taking action. You know what I mean? So I would go to the studio. I would go mobile. I would put my laptop in the machine in the book bag and go to the studio. And the first person I would always convince to make a bet with me was Kiss. Because Kiss wow. always was sitting in the studio. So, yo, Kiss, yeah. put this bet in. Yo, let's get this money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, know, and, he, um, I always see he's got his picks. He's always pushing. Oh, nah, up. Kiss is nice. Kiss is one of those that um he don't really talk about it much. But he don't get mentioned, like, how he should. Like, he's definitely, like, I could, I could say right here on this right and you could put this up for the internet in the world there's nobody that could call me out on this i'm the first bookie in my city i'm the first real bookie in my city now you could go this five six seven eight nine ten yeah. bodegas they got action nobody yeah. had i was the only person with action now kiss is one of the goats of this gambling shit. he don't really wow. talk like but nah i've seen this man this man on one, you know, four or five digit, you know what I mean? We talking about wow. mortgage, mortgage, like the house money, like he get wow. the house money. So, um, yeah, um, very smart, sharp, better. He's a sharp, you know what I mean? So for what's people the that secret? Fact, like yeah. as, a, as the first bookie ever, 
in your hometown, what's the secret to laying a, a good bet? Is it just the amount that you're watching it? Do you go with your gut? For somebody that's Yo, you, just getting into this. You know what's funny? When you're in it, right, you develop a rhythm, right? And one of the rhythms that was the key to my success, I would have this thing like psychological bets. Now, my psychological bets is literally I can look at a line. I can look at a game. I can look at a spread. I'm going to give y'all an example. Yeah. And this is a live dog sports podcast thing that we always say. The OG's classic college football. This is an OG's classic. Anytime that you have a ranked team going to play an unranked team and that ranked team is the dog, never take them. Never, ever, 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 ever take a ranked team as an underdog. They never win. Wow. Now, you guys can go check the scores from Saturday. Yeah, you yeah. guys will see. There was about five Giants that fell. Um, wow. Those games, I don't need analysis. I don't need to study. I'll look at that bear on this on the line and say, oh, give me the uh, give me the favorite. The, the team that's not ranked should never be the favorite. So what is that? That's a psychological bet because Vegas is telling y'all, oh, this is the favorite. So, you know, they're ranked. They're ranked 12. There's no yeah. way they can lose. And yeah. people buy into that. So um, that's one way of looking sense. at things. Yeah, and, it's just and, probability. It's um, like if, if something's uh, – it's bound to happen, right? It's not like yeah, it's going to yeah. – statistically yeah. speaking, if you follow that rhythm, like you said, it's going to click at some point. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes, believe it or not, another angle of psychological bets are sound bites. Um, mm. I say this all the time. Shout out my brother Poops. You know, my man Poops. Um, is who I actually started doing the live dog. The live dog thing was my whole concept, but Poobs was somebody in the studio that Poobs is like our Phil Jackson, you know, first of all, yeah, wow. and D Block. When it comes to D Block, Poobs is the Phil Jackson. Okay. Wow. So now Poobs was one of those that I could converse with like this with sports all the time. Like some people they could turn it on when we was always. So that was our bond. So we just, and then when COVID happened, we just started going live with each other. And that's where it came from. So we started Live Dog. So we just been running with it. So that's my oh. Live Dog part and crime. And um, that's something that we always said. But like I said, that's something that we always said, like, to the people um, as far as, like, our OG's classic. But Poobs to tell you this, like, I could hear a post-conference from another game, a press conference before a game. I could hear something that a player or a coach say, and automatically I'll just go with them. I'll give you wow. another example. I'll give you an example so the listeners can understand when we talk in psychological. So I already gave y'all a Jew, and I, I invite y'all to test this theory out. Try this theory yeah. out. When you see a ranked team, because you're going to find them, you're going to see them 60 games every Saturday. They, yeah. they throw them in there. You're going to see a team that should know where never be underdog because they are ranked. Go against an unranked team as a favorite. Take the favorite. See what happens. Now, another one is um, when we were watching the Colorado game, uh, yeah. you know, the, uh, shout out coach prime. Um, there was just, it was just something about it. So the first game TCU, right. Colorado comes in 10 scholarship players. Coach prime brings basically another 70 something people, right. Cause it's like 80 something yeah. on the team. 
So he's bringing his luggage. It's Louis, though. So, yeah, so, yeah right. <laughs> Sons, everybody's coming, right? Travis Hunter turned down two millies, said, I'm going over here with Coach Prime, right? All that fly. Shit. Yeah. Now, when the people said TCU was just in the ball game last year, they're ranked and this and that, and you're going on the road, and Colorado only won one game. They were one in 11 last year. You know what Shador Sanders said? Right. He said, He said, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't even understand how y'all looking at us as underdogs. Y'all ain't even see what we could do yet. Just let us get on the field and, sh and show you what we're going to do. Yeah. He said this before the game. I was sold. I was sold off of that sound bite alone told me that he had a different level of confidence. Now, yeah. the, the country had not even seen him play on this stage yet. They still played from Jackson State. That's all we knew. Yeah. This is before the game. They're playing TCU. You know I took Colorado money line that game. We cashed out. Yeah, I didn't even I play with the points. Why I play with the? You heard what he said? Yeah, like it yeah. was like, oh my god! Like, no, I'm saying so. Yeah, so, so those that's... are moments. Those are angles that I use. It's not always. I think the key to it is not always going with the same approach. You got to switch it up. The Makes the illest, the illest gambler, you know, because it's like whatever thing you win, you should know your history of it. If you're in hip hop, you should know the history. You're a ball yeah. player, you should know the greats that came before you. When we're talking gambling, there's only one goat of all time, and that's Billy Walters. You guys, <laughs> I don't know if y'all familiar, but if you are, if you're not, anybody listening, if you're a gambler, I encourage you, you can YouTube it, you know, type in Billy Walters, 60 minutes. Okay, and Billy Walters. Billy Walters is the goat of gambling. He is our Michael wow. Jordan. He is our Michael Jordan. He's our Mike Tyson in his prime. He's our Mike Jack. He's, wow. he's everything to the gambling. He is one of the only people in the world that has never had a losing year. <sighs> Think about that. Insane. He's never had a, he's had a losing days. Couple. He's never had a losing. We talking 20 plus years now. Guys. Yeah. We're not talking five years. We talking to over 20 years. Watch that special. And just from watching the special, um, the special, it'll give you a whole different perspective of gambling. Just from watching and hearing what he's saying. I'm not going to even tell you. I'm just going to encourage y'all to watch it and then let us sit back down and have a conversation based off of it because you're going to want to have a conversation with me. You know what I mean? And anybody yeah. listening out there, anybody out there listening, Billy Walters is the go to gambling. Gambling is legal, so it's it's just a regular kind of thing right now. If you just want to get a vibe, if you want to get some understanding, you want to know your history, who came before you, some jewels, advice that somebody you can listen to, it's Billy Walters. There's nobody that can give you. Billy Walters, I couldn't give you better advice. Billy Walters will give you the best advice on the planet. He's wow. the only guy that can walk in Vegas and they see him and they say, oh, your money's no good here. He's yeah. so crazy. Wow. He, has to, he has to send other people. And he has 10, 10, 20 people all working for him. They don't know each other. So you and him could be working for him and you guys won't know each other. You guys will both be in the same place at the same time, putting in different bets. Yep. And you guys will be on the airpiece with him. And he's <laughs> watching the line. And when the line gets to a certain thing, he'll tell you, move, drop a dime. You move, drop a dub. Like that. He's so fucking ill, bro. Trust wow. me. <laughs> yeah. And just from giving him a quick Google here, he absolutely is estimated at a net worth, and this is 10 years ago, at $100 million. My God. Bro, just off of Over gambling. Just off of gambling. You're talking off of gambling. <laughs> it's absolutely you know insane. So, yeah, bro. Yeah, that, that I want to go to the casino right now. Yeah, I know. You're getting him hungry. <laughs> you're bringing yeah. out the, the monster and having Zips. Oh, did you give me some? Oh. <laughs> Joe, you got yourself a new guy right here. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. bro. So that's part of my inspiration with my whole bookie boss thing. And I, I wanted to share that with you guys because um as far as the music, it it, it would it ran parallel to what I was doing. So I, it felt yeah. great for me to be able to not only be that person, but to also as an MC, I was able to bring people on that journey with me. You know what I mean? So I encourage you guys to Google that too. Look that up. Snipe like Bookie Boss is Boogie Boss called one, two, three, and four is called Moneyline. No, oh, actually, it's I'm sorry, it's it's the Road Killer series. So it's 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 um Road Killer one, Bookie Bars, and then you got Road Killer two, Road Killer three, and then my last one was Road Killer four, Moneyline, and that one was hosted by Kiss by Jada. So. You talk about the mental aspect of gambling and hearing these stories is good for me as a sports fan and being right. in sports radio and all that. There's right. so many people that think that it's rigged. There's so many people that think that a lot of these sports outcomes are scripted, especially now. People just can't seem to get their heads around that. It's just well, people. I mean, we, we have proof that the games have been rigged, bro. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, with the ref and, and things of that nature. And certain players that that went overseas and they and they you know called out and this was when the gambling thing wasn't legal you know what I mean the betting yeah. thing wasn't legal so but um we have we have you know proof of that and me personally sometimes it makes you feel like that you know like like what we were talking about with Patty you know Patty's right yeah. there there's thirty seconds left yeah. is this like a zero probability that you guys could score and kick off and they can do something with it. The spread is eight and a half. You guys are up three. All you got to do is yeah. walk across the end zone and make America happy. What do you do? You go slide. Those slide. are moments that make you feel like the game is rigged. So I, I got to feel those people pain that feel like that. You know what I mean? There was a game uh, earlier this year. I forget what it was. But I think the line was 10 right. uh, or nine and a half. I think it was the Rams. And they were losing. It was like three seconds left. Mm. And they kicked the field goal. They just scored three. With like three wow. seconds left, just to jam the spread. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just to <laughs> jam the spread, bro. And you know, like if you watch like Sports Center with with SVP, he's got the bad beats, and it's like, right, God, right. To me, there's right. nothing worse right. than right because they they pick that. and choose those moments. Those it, yeah. it doesn't come in concession like or consistent. Yeah, it's like random moments, and they'll just do it, and that's what makes you think like, come on, things bro. are like things are definitely rigged. Google Rasheed <laughs> Wallace when he finds out that Donahue, like the first time someone tells him that they caught Donahue. And his reaction is just like, I knew it. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was oh, yeah. one of the obvious ones. Like, you know, we know about the Chicago Black Sox, as they're called mm-hmm. now, right? That mm-hmm. was, you know, a huge scandal. Is there a moment, and, you know, you mentioned Donahue, right? Back with the uh, the Lakers-King series, back when mm-hmm. we were kids. What was that, 2000 or 2001? But that was very obvious that there was some type right. of foul play going on. Is there a, a situation recently, Snipe, that you looked at and were like, yo, this is definitely rigged? Recently? I, I might want to lean toward what I was seeing, just this atrocious effort by certain baseball teams down the yeah. stretch, like just yeah. per- like like just automatic, like they just purposely melted down. But I can't. Nothing really stands out real significant. I think Boxing. the most significant one was last night. That yeah. Probably the most. Like, yeah. Yo, come on, Patty. How you go? And you both crapping the whole game. You know what I mean? And now y'all y'all got a little rhythm because look at the score. Like it was. Yeah. It wasn't really like they was like blowing, getting busy, like so they really yeah. had to grind out that win. And I just feel like that's a perfect example. Dog, yeah. they can't come yeah. back from you're gonna put us at nine. The spread's eight and a half. You're gonna put us at nine, 
end the extra field goal and gonna make it 10. Or you can yeah. say screw yes. the extra field goal and we could walk away with the nine. But nah, <laughs> you slid. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was happy that one of my boys I was watching the game with, he he put a, a good number on the Jets. Mm. So like the whole time they called the the pass interference on the holding on sauce and they missed the holding on um the, the Jets guy was getting hold was getting I remember hot. that he was and coach was and flipping did what they did they called the penalty on the coach. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And right. just charging down and it, he's the you know, he's the type that if he would have lost the night would have probably been ruined because he would have been whining and he would have right. been mad and oh but see, but that's the thing, bro. You gotta always realize it's always two sides to that battle. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. but when he <laughs> so while we talking like what Patty did, it's a group gang of guys that's like, oh. Yeah, Patty, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly>. Thank you. <laughs> so hey, and that's the dog. Like for me. I always side with the dog, man. I always love the points, man. That's just one of my things. So. I love last night. That was that was literally my. I mean, I'm a Jets fan. I, I'm very biased, yeah. and I have a hard time not betting my teams just because I never want to see them lose. And I can't put the passion of being a fan against how smart. Right, because it's a difference. Like, in real life, it's like a money. win like, is a win. In my mind, I know. <laughs> do not bet the Jets. Right, but it's crazy because you could lose with the Jets, but still be a winner when it comes to gambling. But when you're a fan, it's hard to say. That number was too high. That number was too high, and Jets Sunday night football games, their their record is like, it's actually way better than you would think it is. Mm, Right. So uh, all this being said, when you look at guys like Pete Rose that get busted gambling, do you think it's a a huge uh, smear? On their professional career, like when you look at a guy like Pete Rose, do you believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame? Right, yes. right, absolutely, I do. Yes, Hell and it's foul. Fan. It's foul because of what you're saying now. And look, though, now we're in a world mm-hmm. where gambling is a is a legal thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they got. Exactly. I think it was five or six players got suspended for this year in the in the NFL for gambling. For because gambling, you, yeah. I mean, but that's what you signed the con. You signed that's five yep. print in your contract. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You know what I'm saying? I can't lie. I, I probably would be lit, chilling. You know, I got a bank account. FanDuel comes so, out. Let me tell y'all another. All right, while we talking sports, before we shift, right? Because like I said, I know I wanted to give y'all something, right? Here's a, Let me give y'all another ill story. <laughs> now, check this out. So, I grew up with a guy. He's one of those friends. You know, I'm from the hood, right? So, we have those play football on the concrete in the park, play football in the park in the snow. You know, we have that. Everybody from the buildings come out. So we had this one dude. He always was like extra. You ever had grew up with that person where, you know, y'all just chilling, whatever sport yeah. you're playing. Yeah. But he's always the most extra. Like, you're not getting paid right now. Dog. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So my man, so my man um was playing extra, right? And um during a play, I'm running the ball. He dives. He's like, even back then, he's 300 pounds. Six four, three hundred. I'm a little short, fast guy, right? <laughs> so he raps, he dive tackles and raps. When he raps, he didn't snap my ankle. Oh, Jesus. So it was very embarrassing. I was tough though, you know. I'm a tough guy, right? Yeah. So I had to get up and you know, yo, man, you know, curse him out, hobble my way upstairs. But I was so man down that my aunt. <laughs> you know, she called the um 
the ambulance. <laughs> so the ambulance comes, puts me on the stretcher to take me right up the hill because the hospital was literally up the hill yeah. from my hood. And as I'm outside, you know, everybody, yo, man. and I'm like, yo, when you get to the NFL, you paying for my doctor. <laughs> Fast forward. The guy that I'm talking about, somebody y'all can Google. He's from my block. Somebody I grew up with. His name's Jimmy Kennedy. He is a New York Giants Super Bowl um, wing <laughs> ring wearer. Super Bowl wow. ring winner, right? Super Bowl ring wearer, right? And, yeah. And um, so, you know, we went to the same high school. He played. I played JV. He played varsity. He moved on, became a star at Penn State. Got drafted by the St. Louis Rams. He did wow. his thing in the NFL, um, Minnesota Vikings, and he's back in New York. He's visiting, and there's a possibility that he could be um, – he's on a trading block. There's a possibility that he can come to the Giants. So this is me. Yo, bro, you going to the Giants. I'm, I already seen it. We on my, we in the neighborhood. He came yeah. back to visit. I'm in the hood. Yo, dog, you going. And then look what I predicted to him. And now uh, you guys can follow him on Instagram and you can ask him this. Fact check everything <laughs> I'm telling you. You can yep. ask him this. Um, he's he's on Instagram, Jimmy Kennedy. So um I tell him, bro, when you get to the Giants, that's gonna be the year. Y'all gonna win the chip. I said, You gotta do me one favor. He said, What's that, bro? I said, When you win the chip, bring the ring to the block. I gotta be the first one to rock it because I called it. <laughs> he laughed. He's like, yo, yo, yo. So Fast forward, this is the year, the last year that they won. Who wins? New York Giants Super Bowl champ. Wow. I called it. He came to the block looking for me. I was not there. I'm devastated behind that. I was not there. But oh, he came no. looking for me, and he came with the ring. And he, and, Did he come with the bag day, for your ankle? I, he, I know, right? He should, nah, he ain't come with the bag. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Yo, Kennedy. We're going to put this out. Yo, Kennedy, if you're listening, that's true, dog. You do kind of owe me back. Cash out that. Yeah. Cash out that. You know, it's just premonition. Yeah. It's, just, it's just calling it, though. It's yeah. calling it. That's why I said I always knew I was a special individual because I was around special individuals, and there were certain things that you would take for granted as a joke that I was dead serious. You know, like, you know how wow. you, my boy, I'm going to tell you things to make you feel good, but I wasn't yeah. that type of person. I talk reality. I tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. You're too slow. You don't hit hard enough. You need to get in that <laughs> weight room. Get stronger. You ain't doing it enough. And then it'll go to it'll go to those moments when I say, you're going there. You're going to win. And this and that. And it just manifested like that. So I just coaching. shout out my boy. You should be coaching teams. Something. Say it again. You should be coaching. Yeah, I should be. I ain't going to lie. You're right. I should be. <laughs> I should be. But that's just something that we, we sit back and we joke about. And it's yeah. just cool to just share those moments. You know what I yeah. mean? And relive them. So, Man, word. That is a good story. And hopefully one day we'll get that cash app in there for you. We'll see no what doubt. happens. We yeah. have Snipe Live in studio. We are going to talk some music. Let's but do we it. hope you learn something. We hope you got some gambling gems. I know I might be hitting up DraftKings after this. You might be too <laughs> snipe live in studio. Happens yes, game. sir. Brian Riddell, Mr. Let's Chief in go. Spirit. We will be back. Don't go nowhere.
we are back. Snipe Life is here in studio to promote his new project through I Get Adam Records. Now it's Ingenuity or Ingenuity? Ingenuity. Ingenuity, Ingenuity two. Part 2. Part 2. And for anybody, for anybody that was wondering, if you look up the word Ingenuity, it means creativity, the art of being clever, innovators. So I'll name my first my first part of the album with Ingenuity, and this is my follow-up, Ingenuity Part 2. I just wanted something that meant something. I didn't want to just put out a name. You know, I wanted something that people could learn about later because I've always yeah. said, and I'll say it again, from my first from the first album to this album, this is my time capsule for hip hop. So personally, again, this is a moment. I need you on this one, bro. Yeah. I need both of y'all on this one. This is a moment. Premonition. What I'm saying to y'all today is this will be an album that will be re, re, um, rediscovered. It will be something that people go back to 25, 30 years from now. 25, 30 years from now, Ingenuity 1 and Ingenuity 2 will be something that resurfaces. And I may not be here to see that. You know what I mean? But the legacy is there in it. And, and I'm guaranteeing you now, and I'm telling you, and I'm putting that on everything, that this was just like a universal energy. So I know that I was ahead of my time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So well, you, I had that's to a great word, man. That's an, yeah. a that's a brilliant yeah. word. And you're yeah. you're getting the SEO for it. So it, it could very well be something that people are looking back on and listening to. Yeah. I got a text right. from Imp Amadeus. First off, right. what's it been like working with Imp? Imp is our dude. Imp is one of my Shout dear friends. Imp, yeah. Shouts okay. to Imp. He's the reason why you're here right now. What's Imp it like working brother, with Imp these days? He's Imp great, is man. my brother, man. Um, if y'all didn't know, right, real quick, I'm not going to drag it. I, I, I'm a man of many stories, man. I had so yeah. many different experiences, man. <laughs> All right, real quick. This is how I met Imp. Imp was really probably pissed off at me when we first met. Why? Because... Uh, we were doing a photo shoot for an album uh, for a magazine cover. Mm. Now, I know I made the cover, right? I didn't really know Inf at this time. This is my yeah. first real meeting with Inf. So um, he had a lot going on. He was managing models. Um, he was doing the, the, the label. He, he hadn't even started the label thing yet. He was doing the magazine thing. He had film directors and he had models and he was juggling all this stuff. He was still being an MC. And um, he put this photo shoot together and it was immaculate. I got to say, he had every, all the battle rappers was there. It was, it was lit. Snipe Life shows up with Jadakiss unannounced. No one knew. I just came and bum rushed the whole set. Shout out my boy, Will C. Shout out my boy, Tanner. Cause they was with me that night. Street Heat. Street we, heat bum yeah. rushed the we bum rushed the joint. And um, Inf was just like, what the f who, who, the, who are these? Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> And we shot my my video for my song called Another Day featuring Jada Kiss. Y'all can look that up too. Shot by Street Heat, Will C and um Hell yeah. Um, those my brothers. Um so <clears throat> that's how I met Inf. So um actually, you know, obviously we got cool, we developed a brotherhood. Um yeah. it's more than music with Inf. You know what I mean? Um yeah. I've been to his wedding, you know. I've watched his kids yeah. grow up, you know what I mean? We've done birthday party wars. We've we've thrown we've we battle each other on each other's birthdays. His birthday, I show up unannounced with a cake with his face on it. My birthday, he does the same thing with bottles and 
you know, we just, this was the thing we did over the years. Um, we've yeah. traveled, we've traveled, we've done so many gigs together. Uh, we bust up so many bags together. We've gotten <laughs> so many bags because, you know, we was like the plug. And um, yeah. so, so I just wanted to share that with y'all. Like me and Inf, it goes beyond music. So, you know. That's a my good dog. <laughs> yeah, if, that's my if dog. is the man. And, and that's yeah. that's a good uh, test of your and character I, if you're that tired right. of them. And I know you said he texted you something, right? He did. I got a text from Imp during the break. He goes, ask about the ticket that Snipe Life caught for jokes with DMX. What oh, the hell happened? Talking about the, yeah, the time. Yeah, so, real, quick, you, real quick, because yeah, this is a yeah. show from the Hamptons. Please let yeah. the, um, the non-urban or the non-people that don't know what a jokes is. Please. Yeah. Just describe yeah. to the people out there. Gonna... Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what a jux is, it's a full-time jack move. It means give yeah. me all your <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> That's all of what it. it means, okay? It means give me everything. So um, what we called juxes was missions. We used to call it going on a mission. So if we're yeah. going on a mission, Love that. something something bad going to happen to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and X came to me and he said... Come on, dog. Let's go on a mission. Know what I'm saying? So I'm like 15, 15 years old, kid. I'm outside though. You know, I'm, I, you know, real life GTA. Little, yeah. So, so we go catch a jokes. So <laughs> we catch the jokes. <laughs> I know the person that we're gonna rob. I go to school with this kid. We ain't in like the same <laughs> class, but we go to school together. And I know this kid. I'm like, and I'm looking at X like, yo, I know. And X gave me this look, right? And this is what I mean when you were ahead of your time. X gave me this look. And I didn't I didn't know it at the time. I learned about it later, right? So he gave me this look, like, you know what I mean? Nigga, <laughs> pick a side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this, this is happening. This is happening. You know what I'm saying? So it went through. So I believe the song is called, it's the Get At Me Dog song. The original version was Sheik Lucha on the chorus. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a part you can look it up for yourself. Fact check. There's a part in the song where he says, "And if you with my man, then he getting stuck with you. Give me the money because I just lost my mind when he crossed the line, right to the uh, uh, boss ground." That's the end of the rhyme that he says that, and that's what I remembered in hindsight. I didn't understand it then, but later I looked and I heard the verse. That's why I said X was like he was a fucking psychic bro like he said it he said this <laughs> shit right there so he looked at me and it was like i remember the rhyme and if you with my man then you getting stuck with you so he <laughs> you gotta pick a side so all right cool we got that established so we finished the jokes he see me he say he said all right don't meet me around the corner i'm gonna break down so it's like all right we're gonna break down so he went around the corner and he skipped on me and i ain't seen him in like five years after that <laughs> you know, you know, you know, he skipped on me and you know what's so crazy? I was able to share this back with X. I was yeah. able to remind him of this. And we had a moment. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, oh, man. man, crazy, crazy stories. A lot of a lot more. I ain't gonna go crazy tonight, but that was definitely something memorable that I always shared with people about um me and X and sh while we on it, you know, if was about to scrap with X one night. <laughs> Yo, wow. and X was about to scrap. I wasn't there, but I got the info. Yo, you know, if if is not, you know, if ain't no chump, you know what I'm saying? And you know, yeah. X is the dog, so X could be stubborn, X could yeah. be bullyish, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if wasn't having it, I ain't gonna lie. If 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 it stood his ground that night, 
and, oh, and, man. and X respected it. But um, yeah, man, all all's fair and love, man. When you grinding like that, you know you had your moments and. Shit. Yeah, absolutely. Word. What's the most memorable DMX story? If there's one thing that you think about reflecting on the life of the great DMX, what's the first story that comes to mind that people might not know? I mean, I seen him really rob somebody with his dog. I really seen him put the dog boomer on somebody like the dog. Get him, get him. Like, and I, he had, he was like the, he was the dog whisperer. Before yeah. we ever knew of the dog whisperer, yeah. he was the dog. We talking yeah. early nineties, so I'm a kid. Early nineties, we didn't know what the dog whisperer was. He was really him. Like it wow. didn't matter if it was his dog or not. He would just come across a dog and do something yeah. like say these do these sounds, and the dog automatically was with him. I couldn't believe it. He was amazing. He was amazing. He could have really made some serious money if he really wanted to do it. Like in that aspect, breeding dogs, raising dogs, it's like. They was one with him, but he really robbed somebody with his dog, and then he went back and sold the leather coat back to him. X was hard. He robbed him and then sold his shit back to him. That was oh, the illest shit I ever seen. Somebody. That's the come up. That's yeah, the that's come up. The that's that's the OG dog whisperer, like you said. That's a mission completed. I'm telling you, you know, he had to have Russell Simmons and them had to go into the hood to get his BT awards. He sold them for packs. All this is yeah. real true stories. They they wired his I remember I told you yeah. he robbed him and sold his back to him and then they caught him and they wired his jaw for oh the, this is the God. same story now. They yeah. caught up with him later, wired his jaw, and he really performed for Leon Cohen and mm -hmm. Rough Rider Studio with his jaw wired. Insane. This true story. <laughs> I mean, how could a okay. guy like that not blow up? Like you said, you could see these guys were legends before they blew up. It's say unbelievable. It again? Yeah, it's you. You know, you wonder. There's, there's no way that it's like almost. You know, as a gambler, you, that's the easiest bet to make that a guy like right. that is going to blow up right. somehow in some I'll way. You, I'm gonna leave y'all with this one last one. We could get off X. Rest in peace, the Grand Champ. Uh, he's gonna always live on through people like myself and everybody that he influenced in the game, especially our city people that know him personally. Um. Okay, uh, this is to show you how original, how far back I go. So we were speaking about the record, um, Get At Me Dog, right? You know, there's a verse, there's a verse, there's a there's a line in that song where he says, Hey yo, for real, that queso. He said he doesn't say the whole name. He says, Hey yo, for real, that K could suck my and it's gonna take all you niggas in the rap game to barely move me. He says this, right? The original mm -hmm. line was DMX was dissing Tupac. Wow. Rest in peace to pop. Yeah. The original thing was Death Row came to Yonkers. They was going to sign X. They was going to... Suge Knight and Snoop was in Yonkers in the early 90s before anybody got on. Wow. This is a fact. They was going to sign him. One thing led to another. You know, you know, you know, he had his addictions, you know. And I guess they, you know, they passed on him because of yeah. whatever. And, you know, X felt a certain kind of way. They got popped. Here come Pop, ball head. X got the ball head. So he just felt like he tried to get somebody to like stand in as me. Like, so he, yeah, yeah his original verse was, his original verse was, hey, yo, for real, that nigga Tupac to suck my, and it's going to take all you niggas in the West Coast to barely move me. Cause when I blow shit up, I have niggas falling like white bitches in the scary movie. The scary movie. He, wow. that's, that was the original X line. And then, you know, he did have a real issue with K Solo. Yeah. 
in which he changed yeah. it. So it wasn't like he changed it like he was ducking smoke. He yeah. really he just updated it. He probably That's all, exactly updated, yeah. updated it. You know what I mean? New, new, new mission. Right, right. So, <laughs> oh yeah, man. X man, my dog for life, man. Word. Yo, rest in peace to the legend DMX. That is wild. I had no clue that he could have been signed by yeah. Dre and them in suits. Yeah. yeah. Think about how that would have been. That Yo, that would have I mean, been. They tried to sign the locks too. This was later though. Shook and the music to too. To like Shook was trying to come get everyone. Not yeah. he was trying to sign the sign locks. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy times, bro. Absolutely not some hip hop history there, man. And you know the the good days are ahead of us. I love seeing now that everybody's making the transition to media because you know what I feel like a lot of hip hop is based on personalities. Like we all love our favorite rappers' personalities. Right. A lot of them right. are funny. A lot of them tell great stories. And now the next transition with pretty much all of our favorite rappers growing up is everybody's got a show. And everybody, whether it be about sports yeah. or comedy, or everybody's got that. a show. It's a fact, bro. Just the technology is the, the phase we in. And, and might I add, as a side note, which is not something that I recommend any up and coming artists do, but I did take a chance. My first album, Ingenuity, you know, I put out with my brother Anf through I Get Adam distribution, right? And um, we did a million streams with no vision, with no videos. Wow. Like I literally dropped Ingenuity, it was all audio. And in this day and era, it's all about media, it's all about yeah, the exactly. look. Like, and that's like every that's like a no-no. But again, I yeah. tell y'all, this was my time capsule, you know, my gift to hip hop. So I knew it was bigger than that. You know what I mean? And that was just a small testament because you know, people say, Oh, you know, you did a million couple streams, yeah, people do a hundred. Yeah, but ain't nobody doing it with no major machine, no budget, with no visuals. Who's dropping yeah. a project with no video? You're out of your mind. You just dropped it like it was a mixtape? What are you doing? But that was just a shit. That was a testament, and I appreciate anybody that, you know, you guys included, anybody that ever supported me, anybody that listened, anybody that, that rocks with me continuously, consistently through the years, that's what that was. You know what so I mean? So what's the difference been from working back in the day over the years with your childhood friends? Mm -hmm. And the locks and D block to now being an end of, I guess, independent artist is what everyone says now. It, you know, with crazy. well, for me, I, I feel like I've always been independent. I yeah. never was like, you know what I mean? Um, I never was on a major. Um, I was always affiliated with a brand, but I never, I always did it myself. Yeah. I've always had my own company, 354 Entertainment. Again, that's something you guys can Google, you can YouTube. We were dropping projects in the early 2000s, you know yeah. what I mean? And I made my introduction um, to the rap game um, during the DVD and the mixtape era. That was my introduction. So my name, I got my name from that lane, putting the out come up. mixtapes, that yeah. pivs, the come yeah. up. Yeah. The first time I was on a come up DVD, I was on a come up DVD with Kiss, and I didn't even have to talk. Mm -hmm. Kiss told the whole world who I was, and I, I get busy. And this wow. is then, you know what I'm saying? So, wow. um. Um, a lot of this shit was like a testament to my hard work because it was a lot of hard work. Was, none of this shit was given to me. Like I really went to make a name for myself first and then I reunited with D-Block. I never, wow. I didn't just jump with D-Block. I went no. and did my own yeah. thing. Now, yeah. those are my childhood friends. By example, even though I was doing my own thing, I always had records with all of them. Before yeah. D-Block, I had records with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so me... um. It was like just a 360 moment. 
Wow. You know, and it only started with one song. Like I, I was just in the hood one day. I seen Sheik. They said, yo, yo, we working on the album. You know, we working on a no security D block album. And I want to, you know, get you on a joint. It's like, oh, all right, no doubt. So it started from there. Wow. I walked, it's like I literally walked in and then I just never left. Wow. You know See what I'm saying? Well, so it was all meant to be. You're, dude, you're just she, like she walking like history. And yeah, for the people that's name. listening, and for the people that's listening, also, I need people to understand where my level of loyalty was. Obviously, y'all have heard the beginning part of this conversation. They watched me grow up. I was a kid. Yeah, they yeah. watched me grow up. They all got me four or five years, at least. And um, I was just a shorty able to do these things early. But my loyalty ran so thick that during this whole run, I didn't even sign a contract with them. They so, gave us contracts. Yeah. I'm going to keep it a buck with the listeners because the listeners want to know this shit, And this yeah. is something that I don't really talk about. Yeah. It's very rare. You know what I mean? That you hear me even mention it. Yeah. And you probably got to dig and dig and dig and dig to see one little thing I might have said. Because I never yeah. was the type run to the internet, uh, disgruntled. Uh, but um, we did the tour for no security. And then when we came back off tour, they presented the contracts. Um, the contracts was garbage, though. <laughs> keeping it a buck with y'all. Get that shit out of it. Like, y'all, my man, we keeping yeah. it a buck. <laughs> yeah, he's my brother. See, which see, the difference with me is when I talk, right? I need the viewers, the listeners to understand one thing. I personally, I always separate personal feelings with business. Never mix the two. Never mix the two. These are my brothers. I'm never gonna talk bad on them and say um anything foul throwing them under the bus, any of yeah. that. Now, but when we talking business, there's no emotions. It ain't got nothing to do with nothing personal. So I'm just talking from a business aspect. They are not lawyers. They did not pan print and write the contracts, but the contracts that they had written up for us, garbage. Get them out of here. Matter of fact, I'm using this for my ashtray. I use the contract for my ashtray. Real know what I mean? And I was the first one to step up and say, yo, these contracts are garbage. What y'all doing? I'm your little homie. Y'all gonna do me like and Lucha and them see like yo and I I understood the business at that point I understood it was a business yeah. never nothing personal and and to to prove that I wanted to show that my loyalty was worth more than a piece of paper because that wasn't gonna change me know what I mean so while everybody else was now mind you no security go look at the cover it's six yeah. seven of us on the cover everybody's back and forth this hell yo where we man listen I'm here know what I'm saying. Everybody yeah, kind of spread out. Everybody fell back. Some people got kicked out. Some yeah. people just fell back. Some people just fell off. Yeah. But I just rolled. I just rolled it and rolled it and rolled it. Know what I mean? And well, that shows um, where your loyalty lies, man. I mean, yeah, you put yeah. friendship on you know, business. And, and so, so when we, so now when we fast forward to today, and you mentioned it in the in the sense of you know like independent, like I'm always like my thing with D Block. Yeah. In hindsight, I'm more of the brotherhood than the record label far as i'm concerned because i was one of the i was the only one that could represent this brand in the way that i was doing it but still do my own thing yeah so it just showed my affiliation and 354 if you go again do your research the first neighborhood that the locks ever screamed out on record was 354 on the clue tapes wow so they told the world they was from 354 so i got 354 entertainment it go hand in hand yeah you know what i mean we just the next chapter you know what I mean? So yep. I just was proud to be able to hold the torch. My affiliation is more of a brotherhood. Like I got all three of them phone numbers likewise. So it's not like an internet thing. I don't play yeah. internet games. I don't even do internet games. So you ain't going to never see me going back. I ain't with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm old school. You know what I mean? And um, 
yeah, so I just wanted to shed light on that and just my journey and relationship with them because, like you said, now you know my brother Inf, you know he's 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 my he's my tune core. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. my distribution. So it's like I trust his judgment and know he always look out for my best interest and he always run the play and always keep me in mind. So we just we just always run plays. You know, um, after Ingenuity Two, we're gonna be doing the. I'm gonna be releasing the follow up to me and his EP because we have something out called Infamous Life. So shout out Inf on the Infamous Life. He did all the production and I did all the music. That's out right now. We're gonna follow that up right after IG Two. We're gonna drop part two to that. So wow. we just constantly always working and it just gives you that independent feel because we don't gotta wait mm. for nobody. I ain't, I don't kiss nobody's ass. I don't even play in nobody's pocket. You see, I don't be thirsty to go to all the shows. I did that already. Yeah. So I'm like just kind of in a different phase right now. Like my relationship with them is like more of like it's the brotherhood more than me just like a rapper trying to get on with them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm established. I'm, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I came from nothing, bro. I came from nothing. Like I came home from prison and started rapping. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I wasn't a kid that just was rapping his whole life and had these deals. Like I just came home, hit the ground running. And these was my results. And those, my brothers, they respected my journey and what I came from. So they just was there, whatever I needed along the way. And no. I don't need much. I don't ask for much. They'll tell you, yeah. like, I really hit them. Yo, I ain't with that. You got some things they calling them all day. I know they already deal with that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, I, I just deal with the love. Like, it's it's like, it's like in integrity. Because you don't got to see me, right? You don't got to see me or be next to me to know how I'm going to keep it. You know how yeah. I keep it. Whether yeah. I, you see me there or you see me, you like, yo, where's Snipe at? He's somewhere keeping it D-block. You know that. <laughs> Wherever I'm at, they know because it's, it's in me. I really live yeah. it, though. I really was on D-block for real. Like, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's why people listen to you, man. You're yeah. not just like a, a walking uh, encyclopedia. You've been, you've seen it all. You've been a part yeah. of everything. Yeah, you man. know everybody. And now you can still, and now, you know, one thing different about Imp is that Imp really understands the music business. I feel like a lot right. of guys give out contracts. I chat GPT contracts all day long. I don't know what I'm right. doing, right? <laughs> but like, right, it, right. he really seems to read up into everything and really nah, know his he's stuff. Very intelligent, man. Very intelligent. And um, truly, you know, even, even, you know, one thing for, for other people that may be in that position, um, just the growth, like being letting your artists grow too. the artists that you work with. Like, you yeah. know, he like he got his thing. Right. And then it's like, yo, here, I'm gonna show you how you do your thing. Now you get your own portal, you know what I mean? And run it up through your joint. Like, so, yeah. you know, it's like still sharpening still, you know what I mean? Kiss say it the best okay. though. One hand yeah. wash the other, both wash the face. It don't get no greater than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but yeah, we, we all in a good space, man. And I just, and you know what's what's ill is because again, you as I'm telling you these these different accolades and these dates and times, one thing gotta come to your mind. Cause it just recently came to my mind. And it's like through this journey, I've never really had a chance to actually take a step back and look like dog, I'm a I'm I'm like an underground goat then. I'm a see, I'm a super seasoned vet. Dog, do you realize what my catalog is? The records that not no made up shit. Not no, you record and then send it to me. No, I, the the names that I can give you of records that you can find and verify, like those aren't made songs that I got with Wyclef and Fat Joe and Mano. Those ain't made up records. These are real French Montana. These are real records. Like, know what I mean? So it's like I look back now today, and it's like there are no 
there's no one that I can name. None of my peers that I've been doing this with, this whole sense of shorty, nobody's around. Everybody's washed. Everybody fell off respectfully. They might, you know, he's calling it what it is. I'm literally yeah. the only one left from my era. Like, you can't name nobody from my yeah. city from my era. Like, yo, he was doing it when Snipe was doing it. It might be one or two, but they ain't, like, you know, like, I get paid to rap, you know, thankfully through God and my hard work. I don't rap for free, dog. Yeah. I yeah. don't do feet. Nobody hits my inbox and says, Snipe, let's do a song. You stupid? No, no, people you know know I mean, like, you're you part of the fabric it. of New York right. hip hop. We all know. Right. Everybody right. that listens so, so to like just say that to say, like, damn, it's yeah. just a testament of time yeah. that even I didn't even realize it. Because you know, we got the 50 years of hip hop going on. Shout out to that. We gotta mention that 50 yeah. years of hip hop is a great thing for the culture. Do your history if you're an yeah. MC, if you're a media person, anybody in the world of hip hop, you need to understand how it started and to where it is and how it's impacting the world. So that's first and foremost. But, you know, it's like, damn, bro, when I look at that and I look at myself, bro, like I'm half of that almost. You know what I mean? I'm half yeah. of 50 of writing these balls. I don't even write rhymes. But when I did in the beginning to the now when I don't, it's just like all of the rhymes, the lines and every the sacrifices. It's like, damn, you look back now, you like, yo, you really put in a lot of work. And I, sometimes I feel <laughs> like I ain't really get my flowers. So I think that's probably what. I kind of keep a chip on my shoulder a little bit. I get my flowers. Yeah. Like, I get my flowers. The people that appreciate me, I'm humbled. But it's like, a, you know how you got to, it's like another level. Like, nah, I ain't really get my just through yet. Yeah. Like, well, I look, feel like that. So I think like that's from, But, but that's from like, you know, the, you know, the general public. Like the OGs, right. you know, and sometimes yeah. that's like the, that's, that's almost better to get that's the flowers. Yeah. The, no, to that's get the fact. flowers Yo, you know the OGs. Crazy? He's right. You know why you're so right, bro? I'm going to tell you why. Because when I did this Ingenuity, now when we did the first Ingenuity, if you guys looked on that track list, it's all greats. It's yeah. all people that I grew up with. We talking about M.O.P. We talking about the Locks. We talking about Smith and Wesson. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Smith and Wesson, yep. Royal Flush. Like, and, and I say that to say this. That's the family. Shout out Royal Flush. That's the Ryan Show family. That's, oh, that's, that's big my bro. guy. Yeah, we went to the man. Yankees game last week. Queens, Queens man, that's the Queens. That's the yep. governor of Queens, man. man. That's my guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's the but best. you know, so what it was was that these are guys, right? That we're mentioning. I remember being in high school with the black radio, playing the tapes of the, all yeah. the guys I just mentioned to you. Tapes. This is the theme music of my lifestyle. So now my three sixty yep. moment is. I'm standing here with Royal Flush. I'm standing here with Lil Fame. And they telling me, yo, you were ill yeah. super nice. That that right there was like, you know, because these yeah. are these are my that's guys. What I'm like, saying. like that's that's the man. I'd rather get the, I'd rather get those flowers. Yeah. They get flowers from my man Ryan right here. No, yeah. no, honestly, no. Who the hell cares with the with the mainstream public and some random white dudes from God knows where? <laughs> thing when you have the greats that are complimenting you in in studio, yeah. giving you their time no, and giving you your fact. roses. We're giving you your roses right here tonight. Snipe life. Appreciate Everybody, go check them out. All these mm -hmm. new projects that are coming out. And what what's the exact Instagram page for the listeners to follow? Um, yeah, on IG is Snipe Life D Block. All one word. Snipe Life, D-Block, you know where to find him. You know where to hear him. We've got more music. We're closing out the show. Snipe Life, it has been an honor. 
Thank you for taking so much time to join us. We got some damn yeah, gems yeah. here tonight. So go to our Instagram at the Ryan Show and at Hamptons Dave to see some great video clips that we're going to be releasing. Nobody go anywhere. We'll be back soon. Thank you, Snipe. We will yes, be sir. back. Let's go. Just that two guns up under the armpit. I'm nice with the steel. The smooth criminal palm walk. Dawn shooters every floor. I'm at the top suite. It's going to take more than your crew for you to stop me. I drop heat more than the flow for you to bounce to. Theme music, bringing your coat, light up an ounce to. Plus, you can tell where I'm from just from the lingo. And if I cut you out of my circle, that means you wing no. Balls hog, 354. I did my thing no. Incorporated my block. Pop with my own team no. Before you was getting. Getting your streams on and putting your girl jeans on. We was putting the fiends on. Triple beam raw shit that be making them pass out. I cruise through the groove like I switched up the stash house. The knocks or the jack boys running with straps out. That's why I stick and move when I'm handing them packs out. Two shots when it pop, one in the head, make a move. When I'm spinning the block, getting this bread, gotta move. Running from cops or ducking the feds, better move. Homie, you gotta move. Get homie, I make a move. Don't split the smithereens when that pistol steam. Sharpest guillotines, heavy weight on that triple beam. Higher hitters, fire spitters in the booth. Higher power rifles fight like Ryan Phillips from the roof. Skeck Palmer, Jeff Dahmer, cannibal over drum notes. In the jungle with the animals and cutthroats. We burn bread. Love toast, get soaked when that lead shower Living off experience, money, respect, power Tucking that six sour, puffing that piffed hour Running consistent till this whole shit hours Alhamdulillah to God allow us Proceed it for those that bleed for us in flowers Don't believe in no fakes or befriend cowards They don't love you, they just want you to crumble like twin towers What doesn't kill us, make us kill us I'm a Brownsville villain representing Two shots when it pop, one in the head, make a move When I'm spinning the block, getting this bread, gotta move Running from cops or ducking the feds, better move Homie, you gotta move, homie, I make a move They call me the ghost, no, I make a move Sniping with steel, shit is real, yeah, I'm the dude Pull out the hawk, I don't talk, just eat his food You know hard knocks when my is running to school Switched up the vibe, no homie playing the cool Smoking the new string, calling in the pool good things must come to an end yes even this radio program happens dave man it sure is funny to look back at how far we've come here and all these yep. great stories from the hood i'm just so glad we're well i guess technically i'm in the hamptons but we're out of the hamptons when it comes to the show and we are yeah. on deep block at this point it's great man we go everywhere we'll be, we'll be at gin lane we'll be at D block we'll be at the queensbridge houses you never know never know where we'll pull up never know where we'll pop out at 
Because you know what you always gonna see me at is in your girl's DM. Yeah, we'll never know where you'll pull out of. Yeah. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's always good, my brother. Everybody, follow us at Hamptons Dave. Is the place to go if you'd like a dirty DM at the Ryan Show. If you want the content, Hamptons Dave. Any plugs for this week? Where can they find you? You can find me. I told you where you can find me. You can find me everywhere. You're not. You can find me in your girlfriend's dreams. You can find me busting out the seams. <laughs> oh my lord. We got a lot to talk about next week, so you guys should be here at the same time and the same place on whatever radio station you're listening to. But let's be honest, you're probably on our podcast platform. Thanks for giving us all the love and support. We love you, and we'll be back next week. Over and out, folks. Peace. Peace.